you wake up and you can't move. The kingdom of darkness will dance to whatever tune you play, as long as it can play you in the process. Hey, this is the Unrefined Podcast. I am Brandon Spain, your host, with co-host Lindsay Waters. Welcome to another episode. We are back with a new podcast, and this podcast is going to be a little different than the usual fare that we do. I'm going to interview our co-host, Lindsay, and we're going to dive into the deep world and spooky world of sleeping and dreams and sleep paralysis is our primary topic today. And so we're just going to kind of cover what it is and and then go into the, the supernatural world about it. Lindsay, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing well. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, we just really dig this. I just thought it was really cool when to trying to get a guest out there. I realized that my brother here has stories and has some stuff to tell and and quite a, an experience about it. Actually, he re- he was one of the ones that recommended us doing this episode, and I think that's awesome to do this episode and to dive into this weird, strange phenomena. So, uh, Lindsay, I'm going to start out with just a few basic questions about this and let you just kind of fill in the blanks, if you will. Okay. So I think I'm going to divide this up into two parts, if that's cool with you. Uh, we're going to do the science part, the science slash scientism, which I'll, you know, yeah. I'll talk about. And then the, the supernatural paranormal aspect of this, this phenomena. So can you give us a little description? What is sleep paralysis as far as in the scientific world? Well, real quick, I can just give you the sleep. This is from a clinician's guide to recurrent isolated sleep paralysis. Uh, This is from like a sleep science guy here, Brian A. Sharpless. So here's here's kind of the scientific definition. Sleep paralysis occurs when rapid eye movement-based atonia perseverates Man, that's a fancy word. Into what is wakefulness. That word? What is persever? What does it, it that just mean? means per- perseveres. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and atonia means paralysis. Yeah, so yeah. it just means first of all, the normal thing that apparently, according to the sleep science, happens to all of us. Vicki Joy Anderson acknowledges this in yeah. the two uh, yeah. a couple of podcasts I listened to from her, just that your body naturally, now some people have problems with this and they, they don't have this, uh, but your body naturally shuts down your muscles, gives you a sort of paralysis at night. During REM from, sleep, right? Yeah, during right. REM sleep, yeah. To keep yeah. you from, I guess for you, rolling over and hitting your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's ha- happened. It's close. Getting out of bed and, and, and hurting yourself, running out in the traffic, whatnot. Most of the time, this has worn off by the time you wake up. 
Mm. Uh, when it doesn't, you you have these situations where you can wake up, be totally conscious, and not be able to move. I have experienced this. Yeah. I experienced it for years, as long back as I can remember. I would wake up. I wouldn't be able to move. Uh, I would. I developed this. I called it a trick, but it's just this idea that if I could just get my neck to move, if I could just get my neck to move, the rest would follow. Yeah, yeah. And but yeah, it was terrifying. And I didn't talk to a lot of people about it. I just assumed it was a totally scientific thing, and it mm. happened to everybody. And I also. We're going to talk about this more, but I didn't see a lot of the things people who also have it see. Right. That'll be in the paranormal. Or feel. Yeah. Yeah. Presences. Yeah. Um, But yeah, mine was just the bare bones. You wake up and you can't move. So I think, I think the science is important. I mean, we're whole beings. Yes. And a lot of times, we want to say, well, if it's scientific, then it has nothing to do with spirituality. Or the other, well, maybe we'll get into this in the second yes. half. Yeah. The other, uh, well, it's just spiritual, it's demonic, and it has nothing whatsoever to do with your body. And that's that's also yep. not true. We're whole I mean, beings. We're whole beings, holistic. You know, we, we like to divide our, our ourselves up into spirit, soul, and body. Reality is, is they're so all intertwined that that yeah. there's really no one starts and stops. They they are they're so inter, interlapping. Yes, yeah, better way yeah. to put it. But one way I like to think of it is n- instead of this sort of two story. <laughs> these are two vastly different analogies here, but it works for me. Instead mm-hmm. of a two story universe, I like to think of it as a, a Russian doll universe. You know, you got worlds okay. behind the worlds, behind the worlds, behind the worlds. They're gonna. Um, the, yeah, that's that's similar to what I've heard, like an onion. But yeah, yeah I like onion, the Russian yeah. dolls. Yeah, a Russian onion dolls. Onion works too. This layers, yeah. layers, yeah. as Shrek would say. Yeah, ogres have layers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the science is important, but the science, I mean. We're going to talk about a documentary we watched, and the documentary that got me interested in this, where people experiencing this would go to the doctors, and the the standard, the stock answer was, you know, you oh well, you know, it's sleep disorder. Maybe you've got sleep apnea. Maybe you're narcoleptic. Maybe you know you're stressed. Change your lifestyle. Exercise more. Yada yada. Stuff that didn't help. Yeah, so, I, I want to. I want to stop you right there. This is what I want to dive into for a few minutes, if we could, is the the whole idolization of the profession of doctors. Uh, yeah. I mean, there, there's there's actually, I, I have it at times, it's, it's white coat syndrome. You know, I, I, oh, they'll, yeah. walk into, they'll walk into the the room with me and my blood pressure will instantly shoot up. And, and the doctor that I go to instantly knows mine's going to be a little bit wee higher just because the doctor walked in there. And I think the disease that, that shall not be named that, that has, has blessed us with this appearance the past few years has 
really opened a lot of people's eyes to the fact that doctors are just practicing. That yeah. they are not infallible gods like the old TV show House, who is brilliant and a brilliant sociopathic doctor, ironically. And <laughs> and we we have this this mythos that that they have all the answers. And I heard someone just this past week say, "I thought I could go in, get a pill, take a pill, the pill would fix me, and I'd be cool." And it's just so much more complicated than that. And that's not the scientist's fault. I'm not de- demeaning scientists. What I'm demeaning is this, this strange phenomena of science becoming scientism is what I've kind of coined it. And I don't, I'm sure somebody else has said it too. But it's becoming a religion. They have their high priests. They have their you know, evangelist. They have their propagandist. Their teachers, their their all all that kind of stuff, and to say that in this day and age makes you an a science denier, you know? And, heresy, yeah, it's yeah, heresy. Yeah, it's heresy, exactly. So burn me at the stake, you know. I I don't believe everything that that science comes out with because science is in is in process. And what was it that that you told me the other day? Your friend said that that but, yeah, but it wasn't a friend. It, yeah, about science. He said, "If if science changes, I saw on Facebook, yeah, science changes its mind. It's because they just got more truth." Yeah, I mean, how, like how 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 presumptuous is that? And that's the big thing. That that's what it, the foundation of what it all boils down to is that science is presuppositions, just like any other faith in the world is. It has its own set of presuppositions that it goes into it, and and we'll get to that in a second. And one of those presuppositions is the supernatural does not exist. There might be doctors that are Christians and believe in the supernatural, and they try to kind of get it into their practice, but if they get it too far in their practice, they get alienated, and they get, you know, they're, they're heretics now, and they get pushed to the side. However, the, the scientists that hardline scientists, there's no room for a supernatural explanation for anything. So yeah. anyway, I just, I want to take that sidebar there because we do the a wee bit of the conspiratorial. And I don't know if it's a conspiracy as much as just human hubris and arrogance. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've seen it. We saw it with religion hundreds of years ago with the Crusades and a lot of the Catholic uh, shenanigans and and all that kind of stuff, we we see that same hubris. It's a, it's like a religious attitude, a religious spirit, is what we call it, and and that you know that that applies just nowadays to to scientism. There's a an arrogance and a hubris that just keeps. And and the reason I bring all this up is I see this in the sleep paralysis thing, in the, particularly in that documentary. Would you like to go into the documentary a little bit? Yeah, there's not much to the science. I could add that the different figures I saw, and apparently y'all, you saw as well, something like 7, point, like seven to 10% of the population may experience this. So it's, it's, a good, yeah. it's a good percentage. Sandy heard one in five. I mean, one in five, that... That's not uncommon. One in five is is a lot. Yeah. So we don't even have really secure statistical numbers. 
And I would just say that I didn't remember seeing anything that explains why people wake up in this paralyzed state. I mean, the fact that we, we all go through it at night while we're asleep is is all well and good, but why would you wake up before it was gone? Science, I don't think, has an answer for that. And no, very few a... scientists will even touch Every doctor's medicine, health experts will even touch it. Um, well, you, you know why that is. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. They, they don't want to be they, they, you know, pariahs. If, if yeah. they touch it, in that video, in that documentary, there was, uh, I think there was one doctor that, that they talked about that did kind of broach it. Which this video, I'll let Lindsay go ahead and set it up. It, it, it's it's a video on, it's on Freebie, but I don't know if you could get it anywhere else. It's a really interesting video warning. There is some language. However, what is it, Lindsay? Fill, fill them in on that. Well, it's called The Nightmare. It came out in 2015. It basically just interviews different people on their sleep paralysis experience. A, a wide, a wide variety of people. That's what yeah. I, I. That's one thing that I really did enjoy about it. It was, it was, I mean, ranging from more of the new age to a Christian to an ex drug addict, I would assume, and. And see, this, the psychological world likes to say that, oh, well, only certain types of people have alien abductions. Only certain types of people have the sleep paralysis here. Only certain types of people encounter witches and SRA and all that kind of stuff. And they have absolutely no proof for that. No, true. One of the guys in it, the guy from Michigan, I forget his name, he didn't grow up having it. That was strange. Most of the people on here talked like it was something they could remember. Like, you know, like I can remember it back to when I was at least five, six years old. Yeah. He, he was dating a girl who had it. She told mm. him about it and it was almost, <laughs> I think he compares it to an STD or something. <laughs> yeah, he did. In the show. Uh, it, it, he woke up and, and started having it. And then a girl he dated got the same thing. Which, you know, she started experiencing. And just about one thing they oh, they all had in common, unlike me, is they all experience some sort of entities, forms oh. in the room. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go there. Let's let's guess let's kinda switch gears and go more the paranormal route here. You know, I think that's important. So well, I think you need to start with the folklore. I mean, you you can't talk about this without the folklore because we've all heard yeah. about. It. Yes, you've all heard about the hag, old woman sat on my chest, or whatever. Well, I know someone who is re- related to me who's encountered that the old hag. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, the incubus, succubus. You know, I guess that's more of a medieval Latin sort of thing. Uh, in Southeast Asia, there's similar. Beings. One is connected with these sudden deaths. Now, this wasn't directly connected. What I read to sleep paralysis. It's called suds. Sudden. I forget the exact acronym, but it. it Something death syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. amongst Asians from Laos and Vietnam, that area, Thailand were coming to America and 
just dying in their sleep. And a lot of the, the stuff they describe sounds a lot like sleep paralysis. Mm. And, of course, they have these entities that come to you at night and paralyze you or sit on your bed. And, uh, and it's connected with the jinn, those Islamic beings that are sort of demons, sort of not. Sort of genie. I mean, that's what genies. Yeah, Yeah. where we get the idea of genies from. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's just Lilith from sort of Near Eastern and Hebrew. Yeah. The night night demon, the night hag, she she is associated with it. There's just always been these beings that that come at night and and terrorize people. and, And often something like sleep paralysis is usually described with them. So man, it's it's across cultures here. Well, let's talk about the 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 hat guy. I yeah. mean, that, well, that's yeah. a, See, that's that's the more modern stuff. That Yeah. I want to say started I mean fairly recently. It people started describing seeing these shadow beings literally yeah. just this solid black I mean, three-dimensional, but solid black forms walking into their bedrooms, staring over them, and oftentimes associated with them, sometimes by himself, sometimes with the shadow beings, sometimes just the shadow beings, shadow people, yeah. whatever you want to call them, is yeah. this mysterious guy in a hat. Now, I don't hat. think very often about people with, with broad-brimmed hats. Sometimes it's a top hat, even. Mm. So it... It's odd to me that, that this developed. That sounds like that hat man phenomena out in California, right? It's more of a, not a sleep paralysis type thing. It's that people are seeing them during the day, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I watched another documentary about it just to, I think that's important too, that a lot of these beings are seen when there is no sleep paralysis phenomenon. So how do you explain that? Right, right. But yeah, so the hat man, and sometimes there's this belief or impression on the the person undergoing the the phenomenon at the time that this hat man is kind of in charge. He's kind of the boss of these shadow beings. So that's something you you see a lot too. But yeah, it's, it's very common. You've talked to drug addicts before that talk about shadow beings too. I, I don't know where the overlap is there, but yeah, well, and, and, and what's so interesting about it is in these cases, they're not always, they're not always on the drugs when they see this. Sometimes they still see them actually when they're coming down, which that, mm-hmm. that a real simple explanation for that, which I don't always like the simple explanations, but sort of a simple explanation for that is that they're coming off of drugs. There's still open doors in their lives from the demonic that they've opened up uh, through these drugs, which we'll get into a, another episode of the spiritual warfare and all that kind of stuff. But these, these addicts open these doors to their soul and they see these beings, these shadow people, they see them both high and, and sober it's very yeah. prevalent. I bet you if I did a survey, which I could probably do, and I might actually do it in the uh, addiction community that, that we're affiliated with, that that there's probably a high percentage of them seeing these, yeah. these shadow people. Well, and that may relate to the whole idea that 
when you just wake up, you're in this liminal state and more open to things like that. So again, the science is still important, you know? Well, well, let me, let me, if you, if you don't mind, Lindsay, for a sec, let me, let me tell a story. So sort of my story of sleep paralysis, and I don't really know if it's sleep paralysis. We lived in an older house, uh, an old plantation house, and I ha- this happened to me twice. I would begin at night to drift off to sleep in that twilight sort of state, and twice I had people wake me up, and I saw them over me waking me up, and I screamed, freaked my wife out, and I, I would scream bloody murder. But I wasn't in paralysis, but it, but it was still in that I was in a sleep state. I, it happened to me twice in two different rooms, and it was just so bizarre. And I think one time it was a female, and the other time it was a male. Whatever I saw was two beings that woke me up when I was in a semi-sleep type state. Now, I don't yeah. think that's really sleep paralysis, but it kind of fits into this whole science of, like you just said, that you're drifting off into this la-la land, you know, yeah. what I always called it as a, as a kid, this twilight place, when your subconscious is very alive and very much soaking up everything that, that that's around you and in you. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like the being was there, but then in my subconscious state of that twilight, I saw it. Mm-hmm. And, and it was I mean, bizarre. what better time for beings to mess with us <laughs> during that time, you know, especially if you can't move. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just the science doesn't explain or more importantly, explain away what a lot of people want the supernatural, paranormal, whatever you want to call it phenomena here it, well it, there's it, no two it, ways around it yeah and culturally we have a fascination with it you know i was talking before the podcast to you about one of my favorite memes is that meme of freddy krueger and it says keep on dreaming freddy <laughs> as i'm sitting there but but that phenomena in 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 and there's been numerous, and I wish I would have thought of eighties movies. There's 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 a bunch of eighties movies where they they deal with sleep and and entering into a extra dimensional world through sleep. And there was one back in the either late seventies or early eighties that dealt with that. Of course, like I just said, the the the, the one the most well known one is Nightmare on Elm Street with with Freddy Krueger, which was actually based on some truth yeah you that, that sudden asian death thing or whatever mong and laotian men exclusively yeah fascinating so basically reading those stories in the la times because they were in the la times in the 80s and they they i think they updated it up into the maybe the late 80s even uh wes craven read that and he took the song. You'll have to. I can't remember who sings it. Dreamweaver. Yeah, that, that it's a '70s song. Yeah, I know the song, but I don't know the artist. Yeah. So. Yeah. But. But yeah, that and Dreamweaver were the inspiration for for Nightmare on Elm Street. And there may have been some other things too, but. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's just it's really. It's in a boiler in, in room. In the nightmare, too, which... one of the guy talks about how this sort of loop feed or some. Turn, like a loop 
how you know folklore and stories inspired that and who knows if nightmare on elm street hasn't inspired new sleep paralysis and nightmare phenomena well didn't he wear a wide rimmed hat i mean has anybody yeah, picked that yeah. up so so kind of what I'm, I'm getting at here is this you know it's easy to look at the the variety and i didn't even mention that this is also associated with gray aliens Mm. Um, and, yeah, and let's that, go there in a minute. Let's go there in a minute. But... Interested in being on our podcast? Contact us through our website, unrefinedpodcast.com. But the variety and the subjectiveness of the experiences to me, I mean, just might come down to the kingdom of darkness will dance yeah. to whatever tune you play as long as it can play you in the process. Well, it plays on fear. You know, if, if, yeah. if we're going to, if we're going to go with the presupposition that a lot of this, which I think is, is the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. It, it's going to play to the tune of your fear. You know, mm-hmm. that's what, that's what Freddy Krueger did in the nightmare on Elm street. If I, if I had a recall, it's been oh, so yeah. many years since I've seen that he played to the people's fears. Yep. Um, that's exactly and, and, what he did. Yeah. And, and so that, that's interesting, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a culture out there. Uh, why would we make movies on it? If it's not a phenomena, you know, I've noticed that, that, that we tend to, our art reflects life. I don't know who said that, but you know, it, it tends to, reflect life and and that's just one of those things that the culture is has always been interested in is that you know we sleep so many i forget how many years of our life we sleep and it's just fascinating all the things that happen during sleep but it's also fascinating in a positive way of how many positive things happen in in the sleep and what a better way for the enemy to thwart the positive things by coming at us with attacks during those times, you know? So tell us some of your stories. I know you have a few you'd like to share. They're just so blurry. And and also I haven't experienced this maybe once in the, except for maybe once in the past five or six years. Right. But and it it's all kind of blurred together all i all i can really remember is it's something that happened for years from the time i was a small child and well into my i mean 5 6 years ago so i was 34 35 small child like 2 3 4 one not, not quite that i don't remember it quite that far back now, that was an issue <laughs> you had with nightmare the guy who i'm not going to question his experience but it's odd remembering something from when you were like one and a half, but probably yes. not that far back. I, I will say at least five, six for sure that yeah, I can remember back that far to having these episodes and it would always come down to waking up and just not being able to move. And like I said, something about moving the neck and in the nightmare, one mm. of the guys talks about, a certain neck movement he can remember moving his neck side to side. Yeah. And I, for him, that was just part of it. But for me, that was how I got out of it for some reason. I, 
I convince myself if I can just move my neck, the rest will follow. And sometimes, you know, I'd move my neck and I'd be able to move everything else. Other than that, it was always terrifying. I remember that you always, mm. you know, you always thought, "Am I ever going to get out? Am I just permanently?" I mean, who wouldn't think that? Am I just permanently paralyzed? Mm. You know, am I going to die? You know, what's going on here? And yeah, it's odd to me looking back that I didn't talk to very many people about it and just had this automatic assumption that everybody, for whatever reason, I probably talked to a few people about it, but. For whatever reason, I probably just thought, oh, well, everybody has this. And, I, you know, I also, I never connected it. I would hear people tell stories about the old hag sitting on their chest or the whatever, the Incubus, Succubus. I can remember right. Incubus, the band, coming out. And I was like, what, what's their name all about? And I read about it or maybe talked to somebody about it. And they were like, oh, this is the spirit that comes and paralyzes people at night. So, I would hear those things, but for whatever reason, I didn't connect it with my experience because I was a very, what is it, left-brained or right-brained that makes you... Left, left-brained. Left-brained individual. And I think even after I became a believer and you know ran in charismatic circles, I, I still just had that two-story universe. It was easy for me to just say, well, this is just a medical thing and has nothing to do with with the spiritual realm and I yeah. just left it at that six, seven years ago, I found that documentary online and watched it. And for, for once in my life, I, I was hearing other people's stories who went through the same thing when much worse, again, much worse yeah. than I had gone through it. I'd never remembered any beings that I, I can't imagine what I had done. If shadow man or hat man had, come in the room yeah but yeah for once how people were talking about it and i was like wow i mean this this is a real thing and as far as not having it the last five or six years i can only chalk that up to me following the lord closer than i had in years in these five or yeah. six years not perfectly but man i set my intentions five six years ago and just, you know, and just being more conscious of I, I, some of it, I think, was rediscovering the, the, uh, what we talk about a lot. We're going to hammer under your guys' head <laughs> the divine council worldview, the importance of spiritual warfare. And, you know, it, on the one hand, I, I don't remember ever rebuking the sleep paralysis spirit, but on the other hand, I right. haven't had it since I've discovered and rediscovered some of these spiritual warfare principles and just a more disciplined life in the Lord. That's all I can think of. I yeah. still have sleep issues from time to time, so it it, it can't be that. But I haven't right. had the sleep paralysis except maybe once, and I'm not even clear on that in the past five, six years. Well, and that, that's something I want to interject here, too, for our audience out there, too. I kind of got this from the Blurry Creatures guys, who I both love and respect uh, what they're doing. I, I want this podcast, and I'm sure, Lindsay, that we want this podcast to be a safe place for the weird. It, so many people have experienced so many different things from 
sleep paralysis to the, you know, alien abduction to whatever is just, and, and they, 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 they don't feel like they have a safe place to be able to, to actually embrace that. You know what? That wasn't my imagination. I really experienced that. And that's crucial and so we want to create a, a safe place on our podcast for people to be able to embrace the weird and the, the supernatural and the outside the box and and to realize, and I'm, I feel very strongly about this, and to realize that scientism is just as much a religion as any other. And so it has its, its taboos and stuff. And just because it doesn't fit the science box doesn't mean it's not true. We have to get that in our heads. Uh, just because science can't explain it doesn't mean it's not a a, a true experience or or whatever. And yeah. and and so I also want to tell a story too. My wife had a a similar type experience with sort of a sleep paralysis type issue. With she woke up and she was at the foot of her bed, but her her, her body was still back in the bed. And it was sort of an astral projection type. She wasn't, she wasn't astral projecting. Let me clarify that. Uh, We were not, we're not into the occult or anything. Sandy's not a new ager. Yeah. However, she, she woke up at at the foot of the bed. And when she woke up, her body was sucked back in to the, to to her body that was laying there on the thing. And it's just, I mean, how do you explain that? And other people have had, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, on the nightmare, I'm pretty sure there were one or two cases where they talked about yep, being out yep. of their body. And, and, and then this is what I wanted to point out earlier. You were, you were bringing up the fact that there was such a diversity. I also want to bring up at the same time, not to cause a paradox, but there is a diversity. But there's also a template, so to speak, of how this happens. There's some some similar general things. There's similar general things that people see. And let's just go here. Let I just think we should go here, Lizzie. Let's let's talk about the whole alien abduction thing. People, yeah. they they go this through the part paralysis, of and, and and they see grays. Um, I don't I I don't really know if they've seen anything other than grays. That's usually what I hear. Like these these meat suits that are just basically, you know, just. Well, and they got on the nightmare. They had this sort of typical gray alien shape, but he said they had these grotesque sort of smiles on their face. They still had the big eyes too, I guess. And their skin for people my age and older here, I think that might be the cutoff point. Remember the old school static on the televisions. You know, yeah, he said it, it, it looked like that. Um, Which makes you question whether it was really an alien or something shape shifting or pretending to be an alien. Yeah, exactly. You know? But that doesn't mean that that these people aren't seeing alien like creatures. My personal opinion, and I don't, I can't speak for Lindsay. I teeter totter back and forth with the whole alien debate. I. But I've kind of firmly kind of landed in it. I think that alien type creatures are extra extra dimensional type creatures, and I think that they're they're not benevolent at all. 
they're on the the side of the Satan, the side of the demonic. And I don't I don't say that they're demons because I believe that demons are the spirits of the dead Nephilim. However, I do believe that they are fallen or some sort of a angelic creature or a hybrid creature that's been created by these angelic creatures. They're they're not there to to help us. They're not yeah, they might well, they might come to you and say they're going to help you, but that's the interesting thing about the whole demonic or the whole realm of darkness, the kingdom of the Satan, so to speak, is it always comes with a price. You know that the, the help, the help that they provide, always comes with a price. Yeah, I probably I lean towards that view. Um, you know, there's only there's a few things I like to put a fine point on, but you know, I, I just yeah, I guess if there's alien intelligent beings we didn't know about and they're really visiting us, it seems that to me that doesn't just like ruin my whole worldview. Uh, but right, I probably lean towards your view of it. Yeah. There. Well, let me ask you a few questions. There's a few questions I had written down that I, I think that are important that people need to hear or, or, or know about. Do you see any patterns in your sleep paralysis? Did you see any patterns? Like, for example, did it ha- happen at a certain time, uh, certain days, months? Did you Did you, like, drink caffeine really late and have it, or did you have the traditional joke that people make up about, did you have pizza the night before and it happened <laughs> or, hey, I know uh, that's, fu- that's funny, but did I you see any know. kind of patterns? I, I, it's weird how few details I can remember. Right. I can mostly just remember the paralysis in the morning and not being able to move. It's odd. Uh, it was, you know, I shared a room with my brother for years. Was I yelling and help? Or did he hear this and wonder, maybe I should ask him. But, yeah, it, you know, he never talked to me about it. I mean, he talked to me when I would talk in my sleep, saying goofy things in my dreams sometimes. I yeah. can't think of any patterns, really, that went along with it. It just Fascinating. I feel like it just became such a part of my life that I just, nothing really stands out other than the fact that I know I would wake up in the morning and I couldn't move and, and, until I could get my neck to move, yeah, I, I was just I was just stuck. I was paralyzed. Let me point out one pattern that I've seen though that you basically, when you you were a Christian before, and this was still going on, mm-hmm. but when you but when you set your intention to following Christ more, it sort of like got deeper into discipleship or or the following following Jesus. Mm-hmm. A, de- a deeper spirituality. Yeah, you you noticed a tapering off of this. Yes. Correct? So there is yeah. one pattern. One pattern there. Well, and there was one woman on the show, uh, an Asian lady, who wasn't a Christian, was very skeptical and even hostile towards any religious belief, especially Christianity. Yeah. And but for whatever reason, she remembered hearing about this guy named Jesus, and she wasn't a Christian yet, even when she invoked his name. But for whatever yeah. reason, 
invoking the name of Jesus broke broke this spell, whatever you want to call it, and she she said she hadn't suffered from it up to that point, up to the point of the documentary either. So yeah, I mean, she, she actually it, has a YouTube. I can't remember her name, but she actually has a YouTube video talking about her experience mm-hmm. with with like pre sleep paralysis and post and and how Christ actually helped her through it, you know, and, and what, what I don't like. Okay. And, and this is really interesting because this has been a change in my, my worldview, my life over the past few years is I don't like people to always just give simple, trite answers. These people are going, they're going through, this is trauma. They're going through something traumatic and people say, oh, it's just a demon. Just rebuke it in Jesus name and it'll go away. Okay, well, maybe so, but maybe not. I I mean, and we know the power of Jesus's name. I mean, even witches and and people in in warlocks and sorcerers and all that stuff, they evoke the power of Jesus's name. I remember in fifth grade, I found a spell book in my junior high. Ironically, yeah, a spell book. And Jesus's name was all in the spells that you could cast for, for different things. And I was just blown away by that. And, and they weren't all white quote, white magic. There was some black magic in there, like curses to people and stuff. And so the, the, the name is the name and it's powerful. And Mm -hmm. I think it's significant that she wasn't a believer yet. And she used the name. I think it's, it's all about our heart intent. It's all about our intention in our heart. And she cried out to him because he was the only one left to help her. And he helped her where we all come to that place. That's how we become believers as we get to the place of, you know, we realize that the gospel is good. We need to trust it. And Jesus died for our sins and was raised from the dead. And we need to call out for him because it says whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when we call with that heart intent, even in situations like this, he answers, he shows up. And I think that's pretty cool because there's another guy in the video that talks about calling out for God or something like that, some kind of, and it didn't work. And I think that was because it was God. I mean, God's a pronoun. People don't realize that God is not a name. God is a pronoun. You know, yep. I'm not saying he's that legalistic that you have to have his proper name to, you know, I'm not one of those weird cults that sacred name junk. And, but there's something to, to be said about, you know, his name is Yahweh and his yep. name is Jesus or Yeshua. And so she called out to the, you know, Jesus and, and she received relief. And, you know, and, and then I wonder too, if there's a, a spectrum, I talked to you this uh, about about this earlier. If there's a spectrum of sleep paralysis, if, if if some like yours is more mild, and then there's there's some that are more extreme. Just yeah. like there's a just like there's a spectrum for disassociative disorder up to Asperger's mm-hmm. and and the whole uh, autism scale, you know, spectrum. And one of the guys ahead. on the documentary says that he has this like on a daily basis. Yeah, that's profound. I think it was Forrest. Yeah. And believes it will take his life one day. That was really sad. Wow. Um, yeah, it was sad. Yeah. By the way, Connie K. Yom, Y O M, Connie 
Yom is the uh, the believer we were just talking about who invoked the name of Jesus for anybody. Her her story's on YouTube for anybody who's yeah. interested. She's got a lot of views. It's amazing if we put that one in five number out there, and if we choose to believe, you know, that that could possibly be it. I mean, her her message is getting out there. It's probably one of the first ones you get when you Google sleep sleep paralysis or. I find that really fascinating. So do you have any other stories, any other closing thoughts that, that you'd like to to say about this? Find brothers and sisters in Christ who are safe, that you can talk about your spiritual episodes, your encounters, your whatever to. They may have the same experience or may know someone who has the experience. I know that's that's risky. You, you never yeah. know when someone might just say, oh, you're just loony and I'm done with you. But most most people who, who are genuine, genuinely your friends aren't going to do that. And if they do, well, man, let them go. <laughs> well, or they might think they might think you're loony, but to your face, they won't tell you. Yeah. And yeah. and they might over over time just learn that this has affected you in a negative way. And regardless of whether it's, quote, supernatural, you still need help. You know, you still need somebody to listen to you. Well, I think we'll wrap this up, close this up for today. I do have a resource that I would like to recommend that Lindsay and I both have listened to this this lady. And she is awesome. Fascinating. And fascinating on more topics than just sleep paralysis, but she has a new book that's called They Only Come Out at Night, and her name is Vicki Joy Anderson. And once again, that's uh, They Only Come Out at Night, and her name is Vicki Joy Anderson. I've ordered it. I haven't read it, but I've listened to her podcast, and Lindsay has as well. And I think she is probably the go-to source for sleep paralysis looking at it from a biblical Christian worldview yeah. that would bring in the, the paranormal and the supernatural and the weird to it. So if you get a chance, order the book. It, it's You can order it through her website. And she's got a, a lot of other good resources on her website. And uh, maybe if we do another episode on this, we might try to get her on the show. And remember, you guys, what we've said here today you got to eat the meat, spit out the bones. It's the fish principle. You've got to do it. Yeah. And you've got to do that with every everybody, everybody. Thank you for listening to us today. Thank you for being a part of our community. And I know we're just now getting started out with this, but you, you guys matter and we love you and we want to create a safe place for you. Remember, stay naturally supernatural.